Hello, and welcome to the Hope of Zion podcast. Not to be mixed up with Zion, Switzerland, uh, which is actually probably pronounced seal, but... I am Hadley, and this is a podcast by a teen and a young adult to give our perspectives on the Come Follow Me program set up by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Anders, and this podcast is meant to be supplementary to your Come Follow Me study. It is not meant to replace it. Hadley, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you doing today, Anders? That didn't sound all right, forced at all. Doing pretty good. Just watched the Champions League semifinal. That's exciting. Yeah. Two cracking goals. That's good. KDB. What, what have you been up to today? I've been up to school. Oh, nice. And editing. Yep. That's my life right now. <laughs> Nice. School nice. and editing. It's it's actually quite the lifestyle. Nice. Well, um, I'm excited to talk to you about Come Follow Me. Me too. This will be fun. We'll see how this goes. We'll see. Um, we'll we'll see. see if this impacts anybody in their lives ever. We'll see if this lasts that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. So. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Matthew 19 through 20, Mark 10, and Luke 18. I definitely don't have it that I'm reading in front of me on my phone, as you can obviously tell by me constantly looking down. I, I, I'm, I'm just reading it off my phone. I just have a second screen open, so don't, I wouldn't even <laughs> be bothered by it. Um, uh, uh, you said there was a question you wanted to start with. I don't remember what it is, so you will have to reintroduce it for me and the audience. Yeah, so, um, question I have, if you could ask the Savior what question, what would it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> is that too heavy for... Uh, 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 <laughs> well, what's your answer to that question? That is, that is a good question. So because I had this uh, question in my back pocket for the last 48 hours, I've been thinking about it. Um, unlike you. Um, and I would say, okay, so um, to kind of talk about where this question comes from. Um, this question I actually found in the Come Follow Me manual mm-hmm. as I started reading it in the like introduction phrase. They ask a very, they ask either word for word the same question or a very similar question. So I kind of stole it from the manual, but I thought it was a really interesting one, one for fruit for thought because the way they phrase it is you have the um, story of the rich young man that we read about in this section, and the story of the rich young man is pretty much this guy. Um, this rich young man talking to Jesus and asking him what lack I yet. And so, but if you had a question, if you were to face the Savior in your eyes, question, what would it be? And um, I don't know. I feel like for everybody, this would be a little bit different based on, um, based on what is kind of going on in their lives. But what the question that I would ask would be, how do I best gain the pure love of Christ right now? 
I think, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word it. I think I know what question I would ask. I think, um, if, like, I'm trying to decide how to word it. Oh my gosh, sorry. My YouTuber brain, I have a YouTuber brain. My YouTuber brain really wants to be like, say what question you would ask in the comments. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the point of this. Just that's where my YouTuber brain is going. Well, well to be totally honest, and sorry, this tracks away from you asking a question. I don't think it's a bad thing. I would love to hear what, people, what questions people would ask. Yeah, um, but I think my answer to the question would... my answer to the question of a question would be somewhere along the lines of just like I struggle a lot with like finding ways to serve others because I very much like want to serve people in a on a bigger scale and in a more specific way which is why I want to start a YouTube channel and that's a whole entire thing I could go on so I think I just ask like how do I best serve people? Like, how, what is the best way for me to be able to serve people? You know? Mm -hmm. I think that'd be my question. I think that's a great question. No, I, I like that a lot. I think it's also really good because I think that's a question that a lot of people are facing nowadays. Um, like, that, that's a question that I've asked myself a lot when trying to figure out how to minister. Yeah. Um, ankle ministry assignments. Like, I'm thinking, like, okay, how do I make a genuine connection with someone without, like, it being a clear, like, hey, I'm your minister, you're the people I minister to. How, how do I serve someone in a way that builds an effective relationship to have that sort of positive influence in their lives that you're looking for? Yeah. So, yeah. Put so, your questions think... down in the comments. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But really, though. Um, she's not kidding. Uh, um, next, um, not to like, just like shove that topic to the side. I did have something I wanted to talk about. Okay. Yeah, I, go for it. I was reading this morning. So like I said, I read literally all of it this morning because I was like, I only had two days and then like, I didn't have time yesterday. And then I was like, okay, do it this morning. Um, but, uh, I was reading, and it's interesting because um, Matthew 19 and 20 are basically the same stories that are in Mark 10 and Luke 18. With, yeah, I oh, believe that's why they put these chapters together. Yes, probably. Which, there's a little, like, there's little differences, and one of those differences is, this is not in the, I don't know if this is in the Come Follow Me lesson at all, this is just something I noticed. In Matthew 20, mm -hmm. it says, two blind men but in mark 10 in luke 18 it says one blind man and the one sorry yeah i should have clarified that the story where there's like the blind man on the side of the road and he's like and he hears like jesus is coming and he's like jesus jesus and then everyone else is like shut up like everyone's going like he doesn't, like, go away, like, stop, and then he's like, Jesus! <laughs> like, he's like, and then Jesus is like, calls him over and is like, hey, like, what do you need? And he's like, can you heal me? And 
Jesus is like, yeah, totally. The, the exact words are, Thine, thy faith hath made thee whole, I think. But in my modern depiction, he just says, yeah, bro, you're faithful. <laughs> yeah, I... No, I, think it, I think it's really cool because I definitely feel like everyone kind of develops their favorite gospel version of a story. Mm-hmm. Especially because there's so much overlap between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I feel like whether you're talking about like the story of Jairus' daughter, whether you're talking about um, the story of Christ's birth or his resurrection, um, we definitely tend to lean towards one. I think it's interesting because we all end, we all end up leaning towards one given narrative because of that little piece of info that we get from that narrative. Yeah. Uh, like, I know if I'm ever going to share a story in a talk or in like a Sunday school lesson or something, I'm going to look at all three versions. I'm going to say, okay, which one emphasizes the point that I'm looking to emphasize? Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing I think about it, which is like in one, it's two. And then the other two, it's just one person. But I don't know. The way I think about it is like, my brain that likes being analytical and thinking of connections with everything mm-hmm. wants to be like, oh yeah, like obviously what the point of that is, is saying like sometimes you can only think you're affecting one person when you're actually affecting two. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like most people just saw the one person, but there are actually two being highly affected. Like, if that makes sense. I, I, I think it does. I'm looking at it right now because I didn't read this section from the football me area. Um, but one thing that I, I'm kind of seeing is in the Matthew one, I see the two blind men. But in Mark 10, it, it, it gives like the single person by name. Yeah. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Um, and so I guess, I guess the question is, is like where what, at what point so what's the significance in the two differences that's a good question well i'm also like i wonder i guess it's also kind of possible that these are actually two different events because um, i'm no like bible scholar but like it's i, I, I know i don't think you don't think they are? I don't think they're two different events because I found the Mark... So are you looking at Mark... Is the Mark section Mark ten forty six? I think so, yeah. Because I just pulled up the Matthew version and hitting the footnote there in Gospel. Oh, okay. Version, so it probably is the same. Um, takes you directly to that story. So I think it is supposed to be the same story. Okay. Um, to kind of Yeah. This also has a John version, too. What? The story has a John version, too. Oh, it does? I think. I mean, I could just totally be reading the scriptures wrong. And maybe, maybe it's a disclaimer we should put out. We're just two people who want to talk about the gospel on a podcast. So, we are we are no doctrinal experts here. Yeah, However, we are it, not. It does, it does have a part from John 9, the first four verses in John 9 that talks about um, 
And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which is blind from his birth. That was two weeks ago. I taught that lesson at my house. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Let's connect. So I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like what you're saying. He just does it multiple times. Yeah, I mean. connected. I mean, it's a footnote, right? right? So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The difference in the, in the, in the John one is that it talks about um, neither had this man sin nor his parents. Yeah, I think. Which actually, I remember reading that now. Um, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting detail, but also like, I think it's cool that like in. I think it's like it's just like goes to show i'm sure this happens a lot in the bible but if they all are are the same story it goes to show how people perceive things in different ways and why the bible is so good for that because people understand things in different ways also so like it might make sense more sense to you that there are two men and it might make more sense like kind of stuff like that which is also to bring up a random point that's only slightly related why it's also why the book of mormon is such a good tool to have because it shows you like other ways of looking at things and since people understand things differently it provides that other witness Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. i think i think that in any given moment like having those little different details can bring different meanings of things for sure like for example having two blind men in one story can be really impactful because it shows you that Jesus Christ didn't just heal the one guy that just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Like, he healed everyone that came across his path. And so that when we follow Christ's path, he's he's willing to heal us no matter what. It's not right place, right time sort of deal. Yeah. Uh, but in the other story where it calls him out by name, you could kind of emphasize the personal relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and how he knows us by name. Because he says he calls him over. Like, that was also another interesting detail to me. He said, like, the guy was, like, calling for him. And Jesus had walked past him and then asked for him. Asked for him to come. Like, so. Anyways, that was just something I wanted to bring up. But Interesting. No, that's that's definitely something I didn't get off of. Because I was looking specifically at what was in the manual. Mm-hmm. But that's not in the manual, so I think that's cool. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I feel like we should probably talk about marriage, because that's, like, the big thing. Okay, yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if, if there were any topics you wanted to go into depth, or... I mean, like... I am just here, kind of, but... I don't know, I just work here. No, sorry. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know what we should talk about with marriage, because I don't have experience with being married, but you do. <laughs> well, well, I I don't know. So, um, I, I figured you'd bring up this topic at one point because of our conversation the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I read the sections on it, and I also listened to a conference talk on the way home from work today that is connected to the topic on divorce mm-hmm. from President Oaks. And 
So what I've kind of found through this whole week, um, this is going to be a little bit tangential, but bear with me. Yeah. What I've found through this whole week is that, so we talk about marriage and divorce, and then it goes into like the story with the rich young man, and then it talks about the laborers in the vineyard, and then it talks about the Pharisee and the publican. These are the, these are the topics we're talking about. And one thing that I kind of found when I was looking through and like reflecting on the different stories and kind of thinking about um, what the meaning behind them were and kind of how um, Christ talks about marriage and divorce, I think there's one verse that is really, um, there's really significant here. And it's in Mark 10, verse 9. And what it says is, What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So I think that when you, and what I think this, so speaking about marriage specifically, I think this verse is very significant because it talks about how, um, how it really requires a lot of humility and a willingness to follow the Savior to keep your covenants that you make when you get married. Whether you get sealed in a temple or you may go into a covenant with God or whether you get um just do a civil marriage, and you're just making a promise to that person. Um, I think that that, even though it doesn't have the kind of eternal blessings that a, a silly marriage might offer, um, as offered through the restoration of the priesthood, I think that those promises are still very significant in a very specific way. Um, but I think that let not man put asunder is really kind of speaking towards that verse in the Book of Mormon that says, uh, the natural man is the enemy of God. Um, and will be until he listens to the spirit and, um, sorry, I don't have the verse in front of me, but, um, I should probably be more prepared for that next time, but we're learning. Um, it's fine. as long as you're long suffering and, and, and all this other stuff. And I think, I think it's really significant because when you take kind of this mindset and you think about what a marriage relationship, what you might look at it to be like, or whether you look at. Um, I have like multiple thoughts I'm trying to combine here, but I think that it's really, I think that this verse was really significant for me because it showed marriage is ordained of God. And I think that marriage is very, it's, it's a very important institution within our lives and with God and by following his commandments and loving our neighbor as ourselves, or loving our spouses as ourselves, we can have something really special. When those things fall apart, it's not necessarily, um, <coughs> excuse me, President Oaks says that this isn't, isn't like an end-all, be-all, be like you're not like immoral forever. But what it does, like, but the fact of the matter is, is, is divorce isn't something that we shouldn't necessarily be seeking for after we get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be seeking to keep this union together. And I think, I think that's what, um, what I believe the manual and President Oaks and what um, our leaders of the church is trying, trying to teach us when divorce has become uh, such a ready, ready solution for uh, married couples that are struggling to communicate. Yeah. Good point. I, I'm like, I don't know what to add to that. That was a very like good way of laying it out. But, um, I agree. I think it is interesting that like, it is so easy for people to be like, 
just be like, okay, let's get divorced kind of thing. I don't know. I don't really have any other comments on it. Like I said, I don't know that much about it. I, again, only had one day to study, so hopefully we'll have more next time. But We could go, like, super deep in this topic, and we could talk about all the different cultural things, whether it be in Utah or, or within the church generally, that are, are kind of regarding both marriage and divorce, and I think you could have a topic on that, but I think what would be I think in order to have that conversation, you first need to talk about the meaning behind marriage, and that in itself could be the whole podcast. Yes. Because I think, I think a lot of times, and this might be a hot take, it might not, I think a lot of times we don't fully realize, especially when we're young people and in the moment, the ramifications of entering a marriage can have, and also what sort of covenant we're entering into. And I think that because of a more worldly perspective, as we try to fight with that natural man, that this is where we enter into a lot of problems because of the way that we may enter marriages, but also in a way that we may try to solve our problems within marriages. Which is what? Yeah. Yeah. It's so like, but one thing that I think this verse also does, um, besides kind of talk about how we should kind of look at marriage and look at how we solve problems within marriage, I think that this verse also relates to the other stories that are in this section. Because I think what it is, I think what it, what this, this sort of section on marriage and divorce and what all these other stories about the Pharisee and the public and the publican, not the republic. Um, the laborers in the vineyard, or um, or like there's another section also um, not in the personal study section, but in like the family home meeting section, not receiving um, receiving the children of God or re- like receiving the little ones. Um, and I think what the big message here really is, um, it's all about love. I, I think my, my opinion, and this is my big takeaway from this week, is that in the at the end of the day, it's all about um, developing charity and loving God as ourselves and loving our neighbors as ourselves. And I think that what these sections are teaching us is um, is reminding us of the way we should treat people um, that we're in relationships with, but also how we should treat other people, especially when they're different from ours, or they've had a different path than ourselves. And, like, if, like, like you said, if they have a different path than ourselves, then that was what I was going to say, but then I thought of something else, and then it left my brain. But I think, like, (laughs) just, like, if they, like, have different opinions or, like, ways of looking at things, I think that is something that a lot of people get hostile about that a lot of people I know, I'm not trying to overgeneralize or anything, but a lot of people I know get extremely hostile, 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 mm-hmm. get extremely hostile when you have different opinions than them. And I think it's important to just like be able to look past that and love them 
like, my example of that from scriptural text is, like, the vineyard story, where it's, like, all these people are, like, but, like, we lurked longer, and he's, like, but, uh, this is what you asked for, and I gave you it, so I don't, uh, uh, um. (laughs) We entered a binding contract. Yeah. But he still is, like, like, he wasn't, like, oh, since you complained, you don't get it anymore. Like, he was, like, he still showed that love. He still, like, tried to explain it. And so I think it's important in that aspect to be, like, even if other people are looking at it differently, even if other people are, like, like, how dare they? Or, like, like why are they doing this? Or, like, why are they looking at it in this way? Like, kind of thing. I need to control the lighting in this room. Sorry, that was a thought I just had. <laughs> You're good. No, like, um, I I totally agree, and I think it relates right back to what President Nelson's been talking about recently about being a peacemaker. And it, it goes along, and it goes, though, however, in a different direction than um, kind of stopping conflict mm-hmm. or helping dissolve conflict, which is what a peacemaker is, and that's what's kind of the most important aspect of a peacemaker is. But I feel like it's, I feel like, if you're a peacemaker, you also don't create conflict. And a really common way that we create conflict in our society is by doing exactly kind of what you're talking about and just judging others for being different. So, like, the Pharisee and the publican, the Pharisee is literally praying and is like, please bless me because I'm not this guy, right? And what the Savior says, point blank, is this is a problem. It's like, we can't have this. Um, and the laborers of the vineyard, the people, as you were saying, because why is their reward the same as ours? And they're creating conflict because of it. And Heavenly, and Heavenly Father, in the meaning of this parable, is basically saying, no, the reward is eternal life. And you can't really give us much more than that. Yeah. But, like, but even like the story of the rich young man, I feel like growing up, for me at least, whenever I heard this story, I feel like we're so judgmental of the rich young man. Like, we, like, judge this poor guy so hardcore because we're like, hey, um, this guy right here, he was doing everything, but then the Savior asked him to give up everything, and he went away sorrowfully. And, like, that was awful, and we shouldn't be like that. And we're like, we, we kind of turn him into an object lesson on how we're not supposed to be, which is totally fair. When the Lord asks us to do his will, we should do his will. But at the same time, when you, um, when he's asking, sometimes it's just really hard. And like, if his, his big thing was that he was rich. If um, my big thing is like, I love, I love soccer or football, right? If I was to go to the Savior and ask him what black I get, he's like, well, you like football too much. Like, that would, that would be a hard thing, and I don't think we realize how much we're asked to sacrifice and how often we either don't sacrifice that and we don't see other people's similar struggles or we don't um, we don't see how it would be to be in their shoes necessarily and we just kind of put them down because of it. So, um, in summary... Creating conflict is bad. Um, don't judge people. Just yeah. love them. Yeah. I agree. I, I know. I did always, like, every time I heard that story, I was like, like, how dare he? Like, why would he do that? Like, yeah. 
Just, like, just do it. It's the way we frame the story. Yeah. But I think, like, my best example of this, like, my best example of a personal experience I had with this, not gospel-related, but just, like, in my own life, is I recently... (laughs) I I recently developed, like, a tolerance for sugar. Like, I... You know this, but the audience doesn't. Um, I don't have diabetes. We got tested. I don't have diabetes. It's just something where, like, a lot of sugar just, like, is not good for me. Yeah. And so something I had to do in that was I had to, like, cut down on the sugar I was eating. Because, like, I was eating plenty of sugar. And that was... Yes, thank you, America Supermarkets. But it was hard, of course. Like, there was a lot of foods where I was like, this is too much sugar, like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, um, I'm trying to think of examples, like, Muddy Buddies I loved, but I, like, have to have a limited amount of it now, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I just had to, like, do more portion control and, like, stuff like that, and it was hard. But, like, you notice as you keep going that, I mean, obviously sugar's addicting, but you have less desire for it. And so I think that, and I think the Lord can support you in that kind of thing. Going back to gospel-related, like, if he's asking you to give up something, I think he can support you in a way where you can get through it. That sounded like I was going to finish with something else, but that was how I was planning on ending it. No, I think that's great. And I think I, I think that's a great example, for sure, on how to, on, like, giving up on stuff and how that can really have a, how it can be good for you in the long run, but it's just really hard at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, was there, were there any other impressions that you had? No, I don't think so. I think that was, I think that was it. Alright, if I could ask one more question of you, Hadley, is there anything that you still want to learn this week in studying Come Follow Me? Want to learn everything. Um, not necessarily. I think it'd be interesting. I don't know. I, not, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. That's the entirety of the... You? Awkward laugh in the middle there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to finish the whole, the whole come follow me sections. I, I covered as much as possible, but I didn't cover all the sections. Um, I'm really interested to kind of look more into some of the conference talks that are within, um, within this week's manual. So, um, I said said that I listened to the one on divorce from President Oaks today, but there's also one from a Larry R. Lawrence called Olaka Yet. And the one that I'm looking forward to even more is from April 2016 by S. Mark Palmer called Then Jesus Beholding Him Loved Him. Because I think that, I, I believe, I don't know, uh, I don't necessarily remember this talk, but I believe based, just based on the title that it kind of hit the things that were standing out to me this week in this section. It's fair. I'll have to listen to some of those talks. Uh, we don't have a wrap-up planned. 
for a second, sorry. If you'd like to hear more of this, I think you can subscribe, or you could just, like, look it up every week, I guess, if you wanna, but, um, I think the current plan is to come out with videos every Friday for the week that it is, so that you could either listen to it, like, end of the week kind of thing, because most of them do, like, the beginning of the week, so this is kind of, like, a change-up of the pattern. Um, yeah, that's all I have. I'd also like to hear your answers to the questions, feedback. Um, With uh, Chow Chow. Thanks for watching. Signing off. <laughs>